Hello and welcome to the Carolina Snowflakes podcast, where two Southerners come to terms with their liberal snowflake tendencies. We're your hosts. I'm Amanda. And I'm Jason. And we're here with this week's episode of the Carolina Snowflakes podcast. This one's called Love Letters to Famous People. How romantic. It is romantic. Well, the letter is a lost art, I feel like. I... You know, people don't write letters anymore. We write emails, which is a different thing. Yeah, that, I feel like that's less personal and yeah, thoughtful. I think there's like a subtle kind of difference between an email and a letter. And I thought a letter is more what you would actually want to say to a person. You sit down and think about it. Yeah, you have to think. Yeah, an email is just like, yo, when's your show? <laughs> hey, hit me up. Yeah, it's like a text. Right. But I was... This whole thing came about because I was thinking about meeting uh, a famous person. Like, what it would be like if I met somebody that I liked or someone who was really, really famous. Like, what I would actually say to them. Not, like, hypothetically what I wanted to say. But if I was really going to meet, say, someone I hated, like Donald Trump, tomorrow, for 10 minutes, like, I had his attention, what would I actually say? And I think that's a fun just thing to think about in general. Right. I mean, because we all think of... of Famous people, and in particular ones we do like, mm-hmm. and we think, oh, I would be like, oh, I love you so much, and you're the best, and you're the greatest, and, da, da, da. and it's like, what, what, but what if you had a chance? Well, what if you had more time? And they had, you had their undivided, undivided attention for 10 minutes. Yeah, what would you actually say? Yeah. I think that's really fascinating, and I kind of wanted to get into that. I thought, I thought yeah. there was some material there, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And then I also thought maybe there's been some other letters that famous people have written to uh, fans that would be interesting or famous people have written to other famous people. Yeah. What's it like when you're famous, but you fangirl out on another for another person. famous person? Yeah. Like, what's that like? I don't know. I just think that's all really interesting. Mm, yeah. I think we could do like, we should do a little example of it. So like, let's say you were going to meet Donald Trump. Okay. Oh, Lord. Yeah. We're going to do, we're going to do a dry <laughs> run on this. As, oh. as it were. We're going to dry hump this one. Great. Um, I'm going to be Donald Trump and bite uh, the pillow. All right. So uh, let me get into character. Yes, well, I'm the best president there ever was. I'm I'm the single best president. My pants are huge. I ate Gina. Hello, Amanda. It's very good to meet you. You have my undivided attention. <laughs> well, hey, Donald. Hello. Hey. So I was wondering. Uh, I recently heard that you've had to make the switch to fat pants. Yes. At first, people thought you were wearing your pants backwards. They did think that, but they were wrong. <laughs> but because like uh, they couldn't see a zipper. But as it turns out, um, those pants were on, you know, the right direction. But they didn't have a zipper because they were stretchy. Yes, I love stretchy pants. Me and Kim Jong Un, we also we both wear stretchy pants. They're much more convenient. <laughs> All the strong men in the world wear stretchy pants. It's only weaklings that wear regular ones. You want a strong leader with stretchy pants. I don't, but <laughs> thanks for addressing that. You're welcome. I think I think it would go something like that. It would. I doubt he would have went that long without interrupting you, though. No, I probably like, wouldn't even have gotten a sentence I'm out. I'm the real president. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah would've, would've, he would have just blurted it yeah, right it out. Yeah, it would have been ridiculous. But I think it the exchange would have went something like that. I like that you brought up his fat pants. That's pretty hilarious. Because yeah, well, because it is hilarious. If you were living under a rock, Donald Trump came out wearing pants that didn't have a zipper, and everyone thought at first that Donald Trump's pants were on backwards. 
But as it turns out, they were not on backwards. He wasn't imitating crisscross. He actually was wearing stretchy pants that just don't have a zipper because he's become rather rotund in his... In his post-presidency life. His post-presidency life. aging. Yeah. Did you know he also, he doesn't write on that website nobody read anymore? He canceled that thing from oh. the desk of Donald J. Trump. Yeah, that's Really? Just I didn't know that. Yeah, it was supposed to be his big change. Oh. Yeah, because no one read it. No one gave a shit. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was clear he wasn't even the one writing it. Well, yes, obviously. He. I don't even think he knows how to write. Kofefi, anyone? Yeah. Just... <laughs> well... I think we should get into our own love letters because we did write some love letters to famous people that we are actually going to send. That's right. I wanted to write a letter and I wanted to get you to write a letter to someone very famous and we were going to read them so they're open letters Mm -hmm. and we were going to send them to them because, I don't know, we just want them to know how we feel. Maybe they'll write back or maybe they'll send the FBI. Yeah. I mean, either way, like, who knows? So we're, this is our love letters to famous people. So I guess since this whole thing was my idea, I'll be the one to start. Uh, it's a little embarrassing because I actually wrote this letter. This is a letter to uh, Chris Hayes from MSNBC, uh, also from a podcast, uh, the Why Is This Happening podcast, my absolute favorite podcast I've been a fan of for years. Uh, He's just somebody I really, really like. He's really inspirational to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I've talked about him quite a bit on this show. (laughs) I think you've referenced him many times. Yeah, um, he's he's just really awesome and just one of my favorite celebrity famous people. And I've been talking for a while about wanting to write him a letter just to let him know how much he affected me. Mm-hmm. And you put up with it for a while. I did. And then I had to make myself do it. And by <laughs> by making a whole podcast episode around it, it really forced the issue. Right. It was pretty easy for me to decide who to write my famous person letter to. And it is to Chris Hayes. The only thing uh, I would also say is uh, a lot of times I shorten things. So his podcast, I'll just call it With Pod. That's why is this happening? Just so you know. Oh, okay. okay. And the show, uh, I'll reference All In, is his MSNBC show where he does like nightly news. Yeah. Okay. He comes on right before Rachel Maddow. Right. That's all That's all the backstory you need to know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So it goes, Dear Chris, having never written a letter like this, I confess I feel a bit nervous. Being a fan of a podcast and writing to the host probably doesn't seem that strange to most people, but in 37 years, this is the first time I've been motivated enough to do so. This leads to feeling apprehensive. I've thought a lot about what I could tell you that would be worth the time to read as I respect your attention, even if it is only in my mind. This letter is the result of that meditation. So that was my intro. That's really good. I'm, it's good build. I'm like, what's, gonna, what's he going to say? Mm-hmm. When I first saw All In like three years ago, I remember thinking, that guy looks kind of like a douchebag, but he seems pretty smart. (laughs) He does look like a (laughs) douchebag. Sorry, Chris, if you're listening. Then I watched Rachel Maddow, and I thought she was like you, but didn't look like such a hipster. In the following years, I watched both shows more and more, and I realized that you probably would understand my initial judgment and not fault me for it. (laughs) Once I started listening to Why Is This Happening, it became instantly my favorite podcast. Every week, I look forward to finding out just the name of the episode. Unlike the MSNBC show, it seems like with Pod, you are the one who picks the topic for the entire week, and it's always perfect. You've managed to break my brain and make me think differently about something important every single week for years now, and I really appreciate it. The work you guys do on that podcast has inspired me to create my own podcast, and I would be lying if I said there haven't been weeks where our topic just so happened to be the one you did the week before. I've heard you satirically refer to what you do as hand-holding white people through wokeness. (laughs) And that thought inspired the hell out of me. Before the term woke became a pejorative connotation, I thought 
As simple as that sounds, I live in the Southeast United States, and there are people here who really need baby steps for wokeness. Mm -hmm. The project of racial equity in the United States needs every kind of approach we can muster, including comedy and deep thinking. Having someone who you can identify with thoughtfully explain their logic on being a liberal progressive can be life-changing. It was for me. The guests you have had on WithPod have sent me down rabbit holes of reading that I'm still in the midst of. Ta-Nehisi Coates, Dr. David Blight, Isabel Wilkerson, and tons more have all been mind-blowing reading for me after hearing them on your show. This is another thing for which I thank you and your staff. Your books are also both fantastic, and A Colony in a Nation is a book I've listened to several times in audio form because I enjoy it so much. I also love the fact that you put out the podcast for free with limited advertising. This is critical in my opinion because the people who really need to hear this stuff probably aren't willing to pay for it. Which I think he probably has thought about that. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. Shows you thought about it too. Yeah. And then the last thing, it sort of ends, well, I got one more, two more paragraphs. <laughs> okay. I said, I would be remiss if I forgot to mention your story about bringing a bag of weed to the Republican National Convention. <laughs> that's one of the best stories I have personally ever heard, and I know that it's true. The thought that most people I know could only sit through the Republican National Convention with the assistance of tremendous amounts of drugs is also hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I think the moment yeah. I heard you tell that story, I became your biggest fan. Most stuffy talking heads couldn't even tell that story, and even more of them would fail to see the humor in it. In fact, that is the number one thing I wanted to tell you. You are a pretty funny guy, and you should keep using that. My hope is that you will keep making great shows and becoming more comfortable in your position, and you will keep adding comedy to what you do. This is what makes you relatable and makes your positions easily digestible. Once you have people laughing, those thoughts will sit with them. I hope there's a future where that is possible and I can sit at home with my own bag of weed and enjoy. Here's to hope. If I put myself in your shoes, I believe I would like to hear from fans with letters like this one. That was my goal in sending this email. Considering the amount of crazy shit people probably send you, I hope this finds its way to you to help balance things out. You should know that if you had changed at least one life for the better for sure, hell, I would bet you have changed thousands. For all the people who were too scared to say so, let me say thank you. Love the show, Jason. Wow. That's my letter to Chris Hayes. That is such a thoughtful, like... Yeah. I mean, it's very, like, from the heart. Yeah, I thought you a lot about, about it. You talked about how it made you feel. Mm -hmm. I, I like the very, towards the beginning where you say, like, you... Would you say blew up my brain? Broke you, my brain. You every broke week. my brain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, like that's cool, and it's all very true. That's all stuff how I felt about that show, and I it made me vulnerable, which is embarrassing. But I yeah. really wanted him to know how he changed my life. So that was my letter to Chris Hayes from MSNBC. That was great. <laughs> I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, that was really good. Thanks. I tried to, you know, really, really swing for the fences on it. Good job. Thanks. Well, I really appreciate your genuine reaction to that uh, letter because we didn't say this before, but uh, you haven't heard mine and I haven't heard your letter. No. So these reactions are pretty genuine yeah. uh, as far as this is our live episode or as close as we're going to get to it. I'm curious as hell to hear uh, your letter and hear who you wrote to. Well, I had a little bit harder of a time trying to decide who to write to than, yeah. you, than you did. Because I already, I was like, I'm writing a letter to Chris <laughs> You're Hayes. like, I'm writing a letter to Chris Hayes out of my way. Yeah, and then I want you to write a letter. Yeah, and you were like, you got to write one too. And I was like, oh, who do I write to? Yeah, I didn't, I, oh, I just left that up to you. I thought about writing to Obama. Mm-hmm, that would have been cool. Yeah, I thought about him. And then I thought about um, Betty White. Yeah. Because she's legend. Yeah. And then I thought about Dolly Parton. Oh, yeah. 
also legend. Yeah. <laughs> but finally, I decided. All those people seem like they might actually write you back. Yeah, maybe. I even, I even can. Speaking of, I even considered the queen. Oh, whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Can to continue our quest for knighthood? That's intense. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if. I, yeah, if, I was like, no, that may be too. I think I would lock up. Yeah. In the presence of the queen. Yeah. So I, I, I decided to write to another queen. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not the queen, but another queen. Uh huh. RuPaul. RuPaul. Yeah. Great. That's fantastic. Dear RuPaul. Hi, Ru. (laughs) I'm writing this letter to you as a fan of all things RuPaul. I'm sure you get countless letters from fans every day. Mm -hmm. And you probably are so busy being a superstar that you rarely, if ever, get a chance to read them. That said, if you happen to get around to reading mine, I just want to say thank you. I thank you for not only reading my letter but for being the kind of person I would like to be. Aww. This isn't a request to be on Drag Race, by the way. <laughs> I bet you get a lot of those sorts of letters, too. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm a cisgender white female who just loves everything you put out into the world and wanted to let you know how it makes me feel. Aww. The first time I saw you was on television in the early 90s when your <laughs> hit Supermodel uh-huh. first aired. I was 11 years old living in rural Appalachia, and I thought you were the most beautiful person I had ever seen. Aww. To be honest, I'm not sure I'd ever seen a drag queen before then. <laughs> yeah. But it's safe to say I was hooked. I would eventually end up going to drag shows at the local clubs in my early 20s, and I loved every minute of it. Wow. Yeah. So What I find fascinating about that is uh, I, I remember watching that show when he was on... Uh, as a drag queen. And I remember not knowing if he was a girl or not. Oh, really? Yeah, I remember questioning it because I was super young. Oh, yeah. I don't know that. I I don't remember if I was cognizant or not. Yeah, I remember not being able to tell and being confused about it. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Good. I loved the dance music beats. I loved the looks. I loved the radiating positivity that you and other queens exuded. Little did I know that you were going to be a constant presence in my life for so long. I'm almost 40 now, and you're just as beautiful and as influential in my life as ever. Naturally, I'm a huge fan of your show, Drag Race. I'm a sucker for competition-style reality shows, and the fact that your show has some of the most talented and passionate performers makes it all the better. I love the drag aesthetic, the mountains of glitter, the campiness and humor of the competing queens, and I love that there exists a public display of acceptance. Specifically, there are two drag race-related events that I think stand out. The first is your expansion to the UK. Mm. I finally got around to watching the first season of Drag Race UK, and I gotta say, I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> I, lo- I did, did uh-huh. I not? I talked to you. <laughs> I yeah. talked to Jason about it, like, repeatedly. Yeah. This episode or this season is so different. Yeah, it's so good. Uh-huh. The UK queens are similar on the surface to their American counterparts, but underneath, it's a whole other dynamic. For me, as someone who majored in sociology in college, it was so interesting to see how subtle differences in culture manifest as differences in performance art. Hmm. The UK queens are definitely their own breed of drag stars, and I'm here for it. (laughs) The second moment that stands out in terms of drag race 
was your inclusion of an openly transgender man in season 13. Mm. I fell head over heels in love with Gottmik during that season. From what I can tell, so did you. In particular, there was a moment in the last episode before the finale where you asked the four remaining queens to each look at a photo of their younger selves and then ask them to give that younger self some advice. Hmm. After Gottmik's answer... Girl, you ugly cried, (laughs) and it was so pure and so refreshing. I don't think I'd ever seen that degree of visceral reaction from you during the show before. Sure, a tear may fall here and there, but you always maintain that seamless poise and composure. Mm -hmm. Gottmik got you, (laughs) and to be honest, Gottmik got me too. Thank you for opening the show to include members of the trans community. I think the more visibility given to trans, gay, lesbian, and queer folks, the better. Now, I know that Drag Race is a television show designed for entertainment purposes. And like any great, long-running production, there are bound to be controversies and he said, she said rumors that follow. (laughs) But although the show is, quote, just for entertainment... I think it has been and hopefully will continue to be a catalyst for social acceptance of those who are different and an opportunity to open some minds. Hmm. Rue, I think you've got a good thing going, and I can't wait to see what the future of RuPaul, Drag Race, and World of Wonder brings. If you ever do decide to open the show to straight white ladies, let me know. I know I said this wasn't a solicitation to be on the show but I'd be willing to give it a shot. (laughs) I probably wouldn't last long, though, as I can barely walk in heels as it is. How do y'all queens do it? (laughs) Y'all never cease to amaze me. Keep up the great work, Rue. You've got fans all over the world, and one of them happens to live deep in the ass crack of Appalachia (laughs) and loves you to the moon. To the moon. Sincerely, Amanda. P.S. Quote, she done already done had herses is probably one of my favorite RuPaul quotes and stories ever. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> that was beautiful. Well Thanks. done. That was very heartfelt and sweet. Mm-hmm. And you were very genuine. Yeah, no, I meant every word of it. That was very, very good. You're a good writer. Thanks. Yeah. So that quote at the end, the she done already done had herses uh-huh. is a thing that Ru says. <laughs> um Years ago, Rue was in Atlanta, Georgia, and went to McDonald's and ordered uh, like an order of French fries. Uh-huh. And uh, there was another girl waiting in line in front of her, and there was some kind of mix up with the order. And the person working handed this other girl um, Rue's order of fries by <laughs> uh-huh. accident, and the cashier sees it happening, uh-huh. the one who took the order, and just interjects <laughs> and says, she done already done had herses. <laughs> she done already done had herses. Uh-huh, and Rue just thought that was the funniest <laughs> thing ever. So it just, it became this thing, and uh-huh. now it's in Drag Race. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if I had never heard this story before, the sentence is just funny. She done it... already done had hers. <laughs> wow, that was a very good letter. Thanks. Well, as the uh, self-indulgence of our letters uh, is not the only thing we had the, for this show. Because I actually thought, I looked around on the internet to try to find some letters that famous people had written maybe to other people or something that would be funny. Mm-hmm. And I found a few that are actually pretty good. Oh, yeah? 
Abe Lincoln was apparently a pretty funny dude, <laughs> believe it or not. Uh, okay. And uh, he wrote this letter to one of his friends, and it's just a, it's just a funny story. You got to hear this. So this is from Abe Lincoln. <clears throat> one day I got into a fit of musing in my room, and I stood resting my elbows on the bureau, looking into the glass. It struck me what an ugly man I was. The fact grew on me, and I made up my mind that I should be the ugliest man in the world. So it maddened me that I resolved, should I ever see an uglier, I would shoot him on sight. Not long after this, Andy, naming the lawyer's president, came to town, (laughs) and the first time I saw him, I said to myself, there's the man. I went home, took out my gun, and prowled around the streets waiting for him. He soon came along. Halt, Andy, I said, pointing the gun at him. Say your prayers, for I'm going to shoot you. (laughs) Why, Mr. Lincoln, what's the matter? What have I done? Well, I made an oath that if I ever saw an uglier man than I, I'd shoot him (laughs) on the spot. You are uglier, surely, so get ready to die. Mr. Lincoln, do you really think I'm uglier than you? Yes. Well, Mr. Lincoln, Andy said, deliberately looking at me squarely in the face, if I am any uglier, fire away. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome, isn't that? That, So he wrote that to a friend. To his friend about uh, about the lawyer, this guy Andy. Andy. Yeah. Who um, incredibly was uglier. Uglier than him. Abe. And so he wrote that to his buddy to be like, that lawyer guy you sent? Ugly AF. (laughs) Yeah. But he also burned himself, which is hilarious. Yeah, that's, no, that's very really witty funny. and just a funny thing written by Abe Lincoln. So good self awareness. Yeah, yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I liked it. it was very eloquent too. It was mm-hmm. written in a, a very good style. Mm-hmm. So um, there's another podcast called the Nerdist Podcast. You've probably heard it. it was a very famous. Ah, uh, yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah. So they wanted to get uh, Tom Hanks on, and so they they f- found out he's like a typewriter collector, and so they sent him. He is. They sent him this fancy 1934 silent typewriter to maybe try to get him on the get show. Get his attention. And yeah. he wrote the back to them. And oh. he's, he uh, typed with the typewriter, by the way. So He yeah. used the typewriter that yeah. they sent him. So this letter is written in that 1934 typewriter uh, font from Tom Hanks. Okay. And it says, Dear Chris, Ashley, and the Diabolical Geniuses at Nerdist Industries, just who do you think you are trying to bribe me into an appearance on your thing with the gift of this most fantastic Corona silent typewriter made in 1934? You are out of your minds if you think that that I, wow, this thing has great action and this deep crimson color. Wait, I'm not so shallow as to, and it types nearly silently. Oh, okay. I will have my people contact yours and work out some kind of interview process. Damn you all to hell, Tom Hanks. That's great. Yeah, isn't that an awesome letter? Tom Hanks is such a good guy. Uh-huh. That's what he typed him on the typewriter. And here's a little uh, trivia bit for you. He actually gave one of his Corona typewriters to a little boy named Corona Aww. who was being picked on because of Coronavirus. Oh. In school and stuff. And he was like, I'll tell you something that's yeah, cool. He was like, hey, I'm Tom Hanks. I'm yeah. super famous. Yeah. Here's one of my typewriters, kid. Wow. And the, little, and the typewriter had like Corona across it, written across it. That's you know? crazy. Yeah. Tom Hanks rules. He's such a nice guy. Well, this one, I'm going to go back in time uh, again. So this is from uh, Benjamin Franklin. So in 1775, as the American Revolutionary War was beginning, Benjamin Franklin penned an angry letter to William Strahan. A British member of parliament who until that point had been friends of Franklin's for 30 years. Whoa. The sign-off at the end is perhaps the most badass sign-off of all time. So this is somebody he'd been friends with for 30 years, a British parliament member. And this is the letter that he wrote to him. Okay. Mr. Strahan, you're a member of parliament 
and one of that majority which has doomed my country to destruction. You have begun to burn our towns and murder our people. Look upon your hands. They are stained with the blood of your relations. You and I were long friends. You are now my enemy, and I am yours, Ben Franklin. Whoa. <laughs> whoa. That not just a whoa. That is cutthroat. Brutal. Ben Franklin don't play. That was a mic drop moment from Ben Franklin. Ben, wow, man. Yeah, yeah. We, You and I were long friends. You are now my enemy, and I, I am yours. Look at your hands. They are covered in blood. Of your relations. Ooh, wow. Yeah, that was a cut to the quick, that Benjamin Franklin. Wow. So those were some interesting just letters I found that I thought were pretty great. Yeah, good job. And I job. wanted to read on the show. I think we should be writing love letters to each other more. Are you going to write a love letter to me? Yeah, I have written love letters to you. You have, actually. I forgot about that. Yeah. I've written some things for to you. Mm-hmm. Love letters and some poems and stuff. Mm-hmm. If you're listening and you wanted to find more episodes so that you can fall in love with us and then write us love letters, you can find those episodes on our website. Carolinasnowflakes.com And you can mill about with other people talking about love letters on our Facebook. You might even meet somebody and then you guys could exchange love letters. Yeah. Ooh. That'd be nice. Facebook.com forward slash Carolinasnowflakes And if you have written us a love letter... You got to send it in the email because we are not going to give our address out because we want to be anonymous, sort of. Yeah, we really don't want you to, like, come to our house (laughs) and, like, read the letter to us. Yeah. That would be too much. So the email would be? Just email it to us. Mm Mm-hmm. Carolinasnowflakes at gmail.com. Gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.